0: A tale of sorcery. Witches who are hot from afar, but far from hot. (laughs) A deadly boomerang. Starring that guy from Dallas. And that woman from that 70s show.
1: It's true.
0: A story of human sacrifice. And plunder, too. Starring a Canadian with two curling stones doubling as his pectoral muscles. Courageous as an eagle. A sword fighter a lover and awesome hero lord and master over all beasts friend to ferrets starring panthor from (laughs) he-man and the only bear working in hollywood at the time behold the wonder Mm. the horror the fantasy the challenge of the one warrior they call the beast master starring 30 rocks rip torn (laughs) as a sadistic punk rocker and introducing Death Guards, in a land where ferrets save people from quicksand, where burning tarpets delightfully engulf whole legions of evil armies. Starring the hilarious dad from Coming to America.
2: And baby, when I tell you he's got his own money, I mean the boy
1: has got his own money!
0: The epic adventure of a new kind of hero, the Beastmaster.
1: It's the,
0: the hipster movie show.
3: And here we go, everybody. Season two is now underway. New theme song, new name, old friends, and a whole lot of fantastic movies are coming your way. Welcome back. It's the season 2 of the Aging Hipster movie show. Let's get started and say hello to our hipsters. First up behind the soundboard is DJ webmaster Toby Crines. How are you doing today, Toby? Excited to be here, Bob. Fantastic job on the trailer that you did what was the what was the best part? Well, we, we, we,
4: we, 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 Bob and I have been going back and forth all week. We had a line about Dolly Parton, uh, in reference to those pectoral muscles. Um, (laughs) we, we scrapped that in favor of the, uh, the curling discs.
3: (laughs) Very proud of those. I wanted them to be called like, uh maple syrup drenched curling stones or something like that, but (laughs) that's a little bit too graphic. This is, this is an NC 17, uh, (laughs) Uh, so excited about getting in there, Lorena. Did you have a comment about the that body
2: from? was all real? All of that it body was. that was like total workout every day, Hollywood workout. That's that's what I'm saying. <laughs> mm-hmm.
5: But that was not all real. Rip torn nose.
2: Uh, <laughs> we're just looking that up.
3: Oh, <laughs> uh, and next up. It's our movie expert from 10 Monsters and Tape Freaks. It's Tim Holly. He is a nose expert as well. Welcome (laughs) back.
5: Well, thanks for having me back. Uh, I guess I didn't ramble too much about Arnold, so here I am.
3: (laughs) Thank you so much for being back. And then most importantly, we welcome back a well-known friend friend of the show. You might have recognized her because she scammed you out of some money during the (laughs) 1990s go to the club. It's our favorite Lone Star Lorena Vasquez, how are you doing, Lorena?
2: Oh, good. Um, Thank you for giving me the... You were generous with the 90s. It was in the 80s, but oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> you know, just hanging out with the COVID.
3: And so what do you remember about the Beastmaster? Because do you remember seeing
2: in the, the theater? Um, I don't know. We did um, a lot of HBO um. All of the movies that I think I saw, except for Conan, and uh, oh, and Flash, I saw um, on video and mm-hmm. HBO. Um, so, but what I remember most about the the Beastmaster is that this was like the ultimate. Like the set and everything just reminded me of how we used to try and play outside because there was nothing but dirt. And so, like, all of this village is just sticks and dust. And um, except for the loincloths, like, we were just wearing our our animals. But it was, yeah, it was totally. Anyway, that whole set was just perfect for my fantasy life. But I do remember the uh, witches hot from afar, but far from hot. I was
3: very confused when I watched the. I was like, "What? What?" And then I was like, nah,
2: like, "Well, that came that that uh, births the question: Would you rather? Would you rather have a hot body, or would you rather have a hot face? God. Oh, it's a body for me because you can do anything for a face."
3: <laughs> no? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I just have to kind of go with that <laughs> Lorena no I trust you with that I'll, I'll go with that too okay. I just want to bang and bod just like Mark, Mark Singer just yeah. want to just come in you know <laughs> just like a Canadian he's such a Canadian just Is like he? going over above and beyond if he was an American he would have just like slid in and like so like I need a couple more weeks you guys you know <laughs> but Mark Singer he, he's a good guy Oh well, thank you so much for being here, and everybody. We this season we've decided to watch eighty sci-fi and f- fantasy movies. We've got a, a great selection of muscle-bound hunks, damsels in short potato sack shirts, <laughs> uh-huh. and of course, over-the-top villains with dreads or whatever braids. Was with <laughs> braids.
1: Yep. <laughs>
2: Don't worry about the day. This is a attempt to
3: segue. All right. Without further ado, Tim, tell us about The Beastmaster.
5: Uh, well, it came out August 20th, 1982. Uh, Don Coscarelli, the director, was uh, 28 years old, I think, when the movie came out. Uh, and, it was, and it was his fourth movie, which is crazy. Uh, but it, it is the brief synopsis is that it is a sorcery sword and sorcery fantasy about a young man's search for revenge armed with supernatural powers and the handsome hero and his small animal allies wage war against marauding forces uh yes like i said it's directed directed and written by don coscarelli and uh, written also by paul pepperman and it stars mark singer tanya roberts and rip torn uh Mm -hmm. the budget was eight million dollars and then it, the opening weekend was an estimated of two, almost three million, two two million nine fifty five and some change. Uh, so it did not great, but uh, somehow spawned multiple sequels straight to video <laughs> ah. <laughs> <laughs> and a uh,
3: series. Hey, I do have a question, Tim. Since mm-hmm. you come from the movie business, uh, more specifically, like movie releases, how much? of the budget do you want to do people want to recoup on opening weekend
5: nowadays you i mean they're looking for i mean over half like in the opening like i mean it it depends because like i mean some movies have legs and also some movies have uh bigger like you know worldwide uh openings and things like that but i mean you're looking to double your budget in order to break even is the kind of rule because you're spending it Equal the budget on marketing is usually what the distribution works out for most movies. So if you have like a $200 million movie, you got to break at least $400 million before you see profit, which is crazy. Wow. Wow. Yeah.
3: I do I do have to say that the Beastmaster had some legs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
5: oh, it did. Hey. Oh. The cable staple
3: that it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, continue on. Sorry, Tim.
5: Uh, no, that's great. Um, so then, yeah, I guess the... In 1982, uh, other movies that came out that same year were E.T., uh-huh. Raiders of the Lost Ark, Rocky III, mm-hmm. On Golden Pond, mm-hmm. An Officer and a Gentleman, Porky's, Arthur, Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan, Poltergeist. Uh, I mean, you can go through this whole list, but I mean, there's other highlights would be, I guess, Annie, Cherries of Fire, F- First Blood, Conan the Barbarian, Sword The Sword and the Sorcerer. So this was a definite uh, sword and sandal year, the, the resurgence of those films. Uh, and then, uh, Friday the 13th part three. And then the other one I was going to, I think is interesting is that Halloween three season of the witch came out the same year. Oh, right. And the guy who plays Sacco in this movie, who like sneaks him in, you know, uh, ah. he's, that's the only other movie I know him from is Halloween three. He's the mask mm-hmm. salesman with his family in that, in like a kind of pivotal sequence that gave a lot of people, kinder trauma from Halloween three. Isn't that uh, buddy
2: Epps? Who is that buddy? Epps? no, I'm thinking of like Buddy Epson. Who is that? Never mind. Go ahead.
5: Yeah. No, I, I mean, yeah. I, the only he's only, only did like a handful of movies, but Beastmaster and Halloween three are the two that I know him from, and everything else I've not, I don't even know what the movies are. So it's funny that they both came out the same exact year. And they're <laughs> grouped together at fifty
3: eighth and sixtieth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: He was hot. He was hot. He yeah,
1: he kind of- very hot.
3: <laughs> Yeah, Uh, the Beastmaster uh, lost a diner. Yeah. Grease (laughs) 2. Wait a minute.
2: Do not skip over Grease 2. Yeah, sorry. I've been trying to get Bob to do musicals. That's right. And I have been pushing Grease 2 to everybody. God that's why
3: i shut down for two
5: months
2: <laughs>
5: <laughs> these two fans are out there this, oh, Wow,
2: this thing is who i am today because <laughs> of this movie it's who i this and a few other things but yes anyway keep going
5: uh, the only, I guess the other, other thing is that the, the Rotten Tomatoes uh, score is that it's a 46% tomato meter, but that's only 13 uh, reviews, uh, and then a 54% audience score, but that's almost 30,000 30, reviews? Jeez. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty middling. I feel like that the, the main thing people know of this movie is that it was a c- uh, cable staple, and there was a long-running joke that HBO stood for, hey, Beastmaster's on. <laughs> <laughs>
3: and then uh, TBS was the Beastmaster station.
5: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what everybody... I don't think a lot of people saw it. I mean, obviously, it didn't do great in theaters. It did well enough where it was profitable. But I think that everybody knows it from cable in the 80s. Like, it was... Oh, yeah. like, that's
2: how I know Grace, too. It all circles back.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think that's really interesting because... um I remember this specifically because growing up around Chicagoland, uh, we didn't have like TBS or HBO, but we had WGN, the Superstation. Oh, right. And th- that's what they played. They played the Beastmaster. They played uh, The Last Starfighter. They played Crawl, Clash of the Titans. It was like on on um, just some sort of rotation you know, for like weekend afternoon. So that's what really kind of stuck with. And, you know, I knew... I didn't realize I never saw the actual unedited like uh, thematic <laughs> edition. I think I mentioned this because I didn't know that Tanya Roberts went all the way like in that in that one scene, in and I would movies? have remembered that. yeah, I, and I would have remembered that because I remembered her getting out of the pool, you know, since I was like whatever, eight years old. I remembered that. <laughs> yeah, very well. So my husband. You know? <laughs> yeah, but I didn't realize there's all this other stuff. so it was very interesting watching the actual movie.
5: The, the uh, crazy thing about that scene in particular is that the, the the location they found to shoot it in they were pretty much the entire movie was filmed in like January and February, um because that's where they could get the locations for out in the desert. But even then, it was like really cold, so everybody like the entire cast and crew were like wearing parkas. And then you have Mark Singer running around in what he called the the leather uh, hula skirt. Uh, and then, but the that friends. scene with Tanya Roberts. It, that scene in the in the water that wasn't the water they couldn't heat the water so it was freezing cold, Ugh. and then they had to create that waterfall by bringing in like a water truck and stuff of like that. So like it was like horrifyingly cold for the entire like crew and cast in that in that. Scene. Even
2: better like, for you yeah. guys, even
5: better. <laughs> <laughs> it, is it, it really ruined? <laughs>
3: Yeah. like uh so tanya roberts was there and then she was there with some sort of uh slave girlfriend i heard that that was actually david Carradine's girlfriend is that
5: true who or
2: tanya did... or the other one
3: no the other one.
5: Oh, i didn't i've never heard that but it's very possible that would i might have away.
3: just made it up but yeah. like, <laughs> like <maybe> it tracks
5: <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah do you do you not know uh tanya roberts from anything else
3: you know, I, I know that she was in the 70s show thanks to Toby's trailer. Yeah, okay. she, she was
4: in uh, one of the James Bond films.
3: She was. Yeah. She
2: was a view to a kill, but she was um, a Charlie's Angel.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: After, um, way after Farrah Fawcett. But it was, yeah, was towards the was,
4: end. She was the last Angel cast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Weird.
2: yeah. <laughs> and that's how I knew her. But then okay. I wanted to go back into like your references to these actors i'm just like the the funny dad from uh Coming yeah. to America. no i know james evans james from good times
4: uh-huh mm-hmm. yeah totally that's
2: yeah. yeah what yeah how did he get into the Beastmaster? master <laughs> and that's what <laughs> i was wondering is about the clothes it's like you're wearing you're wearing capes you're wearing you know banana capes you're wearing nothing you're you know, and it's like, is it hot? Is it cold? What's going
5: <laughs> John on? John Amos is like in like that weird like leather bondage thing. Like it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. It's a like really weird uh, like kind of choice for him. But
2: yeah, there was a uh, lot of leather.
5: <laughs> but I forgot that he was in this, and I forgot Rip Torn was in this. And I was like, when we were, we were when we were rewatching it, I was like, oh my god, this cast is way crazier than I, I remembered it being. <laughs> It well, would that's... have been more insane
3: if uh, the, did you read who they originally wanted to be? Mayax? It was uh, Klaus Kinski. Oh yeah,
2: <laughs> which one was? What, who was he?
3: He was uh, you know Werner Herzog's uh, uh, actor. You know from a, yeah. um, a what, Aguirre Wrath of God or
5: hmm. so that
3: that would have been.
5: I mean that would have been complete insanity. I mean Rip Torn <laughs> I guess was already kind of unhinged on set and they, uh, they everybody was intimidated by him and when he came on. He said that he wanted to be a vulture. That's what they, he wanted his <laughs> character to be a vulture. So he made them make him that nose. But everybody was af- afraid to question him on it, and so like, they, so they just kind of went with whatever he said. And most of the time, they couldn't understand what he was saying. And they're just like, "Yeah, let's just do do what he says because we don't want to like irritate him more." Was he <laughs> a drunk? He uh I mean he is I mean or, or he or he was I guess but I don't know at that point I would imagine he he probably was but I don't know about that in particular but I do know that he was pretty unhinged on set and people were just like stood out of it, got out of his way and just like let him do whatever he wanted but the the nose under the lights kept melting so they kept having to like reapply the nose cuz it was like they I, made it out of wax
2: We <laughs> were we were noticing that because a lot of times in like makeup and just in general like you do a lot of contouring To make it look, you know, narrower. And there Mm -hmm. in the beginning, like I could see, I'm like, why are they contouring this nose when they already made it big? You know, why are they contouring a prosthetic? And I mean, like that. Yeah, that's what we were thinking about, too. But with those side eyes, he was probably trying to sober up, you know, (laughs) like this is your last chance. Rip, you got (laughs) to sober up.
3: (laughs) It was Was the eighties, right? You know, yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah, my nose is fine. Just put, like, yeah, put something over it. You know,
2: I want to be a vulture. That's true.
3: (laughs) Oh, okay. So, how about you guys? What? How fresh do we think this is after rewatching it, Lorena? What do you think?
2: What do you mean by returning to it? There, (laughs) there's a wait. What do you mean by fresh?
3: No, I was like, just kind of referring to Rotten Tomato score, like in terms of like, like still like it, still love it. Kind of be like, what was I thinking?
2: Well, I mean, like I know what I was thinking. I was ten, eleven. I was thinking. And Mark Singer. I was. Well, no, I was looking at Kodo and Dodo, whatever those two. <laughs> Codo, and I was Dodo. like, I want ferrets. <laughs> we about, I want ferrets to do what I want to do, or yeah. I want a I want a hawk or eagle. Uh huh. Um <laughs> And um, I want a tiger, but yeah, because we were looking at it, and now it's just funny to watch. Um, the I guess like the amateur uh, set making and um, how they created this tiger, like with hair dye, probably. You know, because yeah, it was like is,
5: <laughs> that's exactly what they did. They had a like a palette of like L'Oreal hair dye Ms. on Clairol. set, they having to reap they kept having to reapply it so you can see in certain scenes like it's totally like faded away around the mouth they have to like reapply it so it goes back and forth with being entirely black and then right
2: right (laughs) yeah with a little highlight of honey brown and like the i what do you call it and then yeah just saw there was a lot of animal cruelty i was like things were a little loose back then according you know
5: yeah, how do you treat um, animals. <laughs> Humane Society is credited at the end that they like they were on set and like signed off on the project. And I have no idea how like the, the it's there's definitely questionable animal like the, safety on set.
2: The dog, the dog at the end. I mean, in the beginning, yeah. like his tongue was out, and I'm mm-hmm. looking at my husband. He's like, he's just a really good actor, and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> The, no kidding the
3: only good actor of the movie <laughs> <Yeah>. the dog
2: <laughs> <laughs> that tongue waggle yeah i mean it, that was upsetting and then you know the whole oh my god the flirting air quotes we'll get into
4: oh. the flirting in a minute but the, i want to get to the animal the the bear there's a story i read uh so the the trainer of the bear got mauled by the bear right as they were yeah. filming it and then they like as soon as they hauled him off to the hospital, he's like, "Action!"
5: Yeah, yeah. Mark Singer was telling that story that like, yeah, like they, somebody got mauled. They like like loaded him up to get him to the hospital, and then as soon as they got him away, they're like, "Okay, you're on." And he's like, "What? Like, no? <laughs> like, I guess it was like it was like a Russian bear that was like the go-to bear on if you ever needed a bear on a production. It that was the, the bear. only bear in Hollywood at the time. Oh
2: my god, that poor little but, guy."
5: But Mark Singer also got mauled by the eagle at one point. It like hooked into his back and like <laughs> like clawed his back really bad, I guess. Like, yeah, it seems like it was a little fast and loose with some of that animal stuff. I don't
4: yeah, think kind of it you was know, for the art department when the bear uh, ate the bear ate the guy and then he had blood all over his face. It was like <laughs> jam. <laughs> That's <was> great. <laughs> it,
2: was it was like close
4: up on the bear's face.
2: We were cracking up. Yeah, it's like orangey red.
3: Oh man! I and yeah, all that black uh, hair color probably is not good for the tiger. Uh, yeah, but
5: can't even, it's terrible yeah. for sure.
3: Yeah, but I I, I read that um, the uh, director Don Coscarelli, right? Cosco Coscarelli, Coscarelli, yeah, Coscarelli. He originally wanted a jaguar, and they're yeah. just like, oh, those are that's even worse. Like tigers will actually. Uh, like, uh, listen to the commands or whatever, yeah. And uh,
5: so yeah, that's a panther or a jaguar, and they're like, there's no way that that's gonna work. So, you like, they did switch it, but then he was like set on it being black, so like, I don't know why. Was, like, <laughs> let's let's just poison <laughs> a
3: tiger.
2: Well, the eagle was black too, mm-hmm. and um, I was like, there's no such thing as a black eagle, but apparently, there are. That's the way that they look, but I thought they would die that too.
1: I
3: well, think I, they did, yeah. I don't <laughs> think the the eagle just even like they couldn't get the eagle to do anything, right? right. Like yeah, so, would, they, they had to bring it in from like um they would drop like, it out
5: of hot air balloons,
2: right?
3: To get, it <laughs> to it get it to fly because it couldn't get it to take loose. off, yeah.
2: and it was from the San Diego Zoo. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: and it's just like oh. all right, trap door, yeah. open yeah. the door.
1: Bam!
2: <laughs>
3: You know, it's even more frightening is that they had forty one ferrets there just to oh. do all those things, and they and they would just basically put food at one place, and they just like like crawl there. <laughs> this team oh. in the
5: quicksand is horrifying. When that yeah, Bailey oh, is my going God. down. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Man, so rough. <laughs> Coscarelli's like, we got thirty
3: two more of them, so don't worry about it. Like, let's go. <laughs>
5: Well, I think that he he trusted his animal trainers so much and he was really young. I mean, like I said, he's he was 20, 28 when the movie came out. Um he his first he's well, a little quick background on him is that he he's like mostly known for the phantasm. That's what I was gonna ask. And it's one of the weirdest franchises of any horror film, um, where he directed and wrote all four of them over a long period of time and they were so strange. Uh, but he also he's also known for Bubba Hotep, If you ever, seen oh that. yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Great. Um, But he started off. He directed his first movie when he was 19 and sold it to Universal Pictures. So he's the youngest director to ever have a major studio distribute a feature. Uh, and it was, it was that was a um, what was it called? It's a. I've mean, never Jim, the world's, a, Jim the world's greatest. Yeah, it's about like an alcoholic dad and stuff. Like it's a weird <laughs> kids movie. But he did it when he's 19. And then he did a Kenny and Company after that, which is like another kind of coming-of-age story that he did with Universal, I believe, too. And then he did Phantasm and then Beastmaster. So he was, like, in his mid-20s when this came out. And so he was trusting the people that he had hired. And the, the original Animal Trainer got fired, like, like a couple days into the first, like, the, of filming because he was so negligent. And they got another guy, and I guess that's who they went with. But even then, it seems like, like, God, like, it's... It was, animal it Trainer...
2: Meant something
5: else, yeah.
2: And <laughs> yeah, the
3: Humane Society's like hanging out with Rip torn or something right. like in the back. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, how honest. about you guys? Go ahead, Tim or Toby. What do you guys think? Uh, let's start with Tim. Oh
5: man it, it it it's a, it's so weird. It's it didn't. I don't think it held up, but it was an entertaining watch for sure. It was a weird like. It's a bizarre, unique movie, and I enjoyed the watch of it. But it's man, there's a lot of trouble. Like I, we were saying, like there's a lot of troubling things that I didn't, <laughs> that never clicked with me when I was a kid. Like definitely the animal stuff, and definitely the weird, like, oh God, the gross, like flirty stuff between him and Tanya Roberts. <laughs> it's like,
3: oh yeah, we're, we got, uh, we're going to unwrap that. We're going to have a whole segment about
4: <laughs> fl- <laughs> like
1: flirts.
4: I feel like we're just glossing over the whole throwing babies into the I, fire part. That was also shocking.
2: The, A lot of child
4: like, murder. The sexual harassment was unbelievable.
2: The the yeah. animal killing, the the yeah, but the children. Eh. Yeah. Yeah,
3: because They're usually they like stop at the last second, but the first yeah. one definitely went in. Like yeah. it, it was slam dunked. <laughs> yeah.
2: Did everyone tell these kids beforehand or were they just like were they coached? to act really scared about being tossed into this fire that looks I'm sure like they were
5: freaked out. <laughs>
2: it's lit under their yeah. feet. It doesn't look like any graphics were used. Um, no, I mean,
5: this is pre-computer graphics of that kind. So, yeah, well, this is all practical. the There's matte the, paintings and miniatures, but yeah, those kids are getting definitely in peril
2: <laughs> those faces those faces looked oh. terrified i'm yeah they were good they were good actors they were sports they're all dead <laughs> suicide pills Oh, man.
4: <laughs> oh <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, toby how about you what, what you? i would well so I, I was um i loved it like like in the sen- <laughs> like it's cheese, total cheese but i loved it because like it's clear they were trying to make a serious fantasy movie, but it just, <laughs> it's so cheesy. And I, that's why I loved it. And Mm -hmm. and there was way more death than I ever expected, and way less beast mastering than I expected.
5: (laughs) There's even less in the in the sequels. I just (laughs) I just rewatched Beastmaster two, and there's barely. I mean, the animals are there, sort of, but they like kind of write them out as quick as possible because he gets like Mark Singer and like the bad guy get transported to modern day L A. and it's just like wow (laughs) nonsense. I don't know if I ever watched that. We should. Oh, that it's called through the portal of time, but it's they. They're not time traveling because it's another dimension, so even the name doesn't make any sense. So it's
2: like parallel. <laughs> yeah.
5: Wings is the bad guy in the second one. Which oh, is really
2: oh. Nice. Dude. Yeah, well, oh, I was just gonna say, like, to me, sequels are they're trash. However, mm-hmm. not Grease 2. So if you decide <laughs> to do like Grease 2, is like standalone best sequel ever. Wow. But Okay. If you decide to do sequels, don't forget about it. It's, your... it's going to be
3: season three. It, it's going yeah, to be Beastmaster two, Grease two, <laughs> all the be... weird happy
5: sequels.
3: <laughs> yeah. uh, what else did you have, Toby? Did you? Uh, oh, I, I, yeah. That's all. Well, um, I think variety kind of. Uh, uh toby included a um a review from variety which kind of sums up things pretty well it's like when the Beastmaster begins is very hard to tell what it's all about an hour later is very hard to care about uh what it's all about (laughs) another hour later is very hard to remember what it was all about That's true (laughs) but it was a great journey to get there let me tell you like (laughs) i forgot
5: um, how long it was like that's right it's it does feel very bloated like it's in a weird way, like the, like multiple endings, like, yeah, like, oh, it's over. Like, oh, there's there's a whole other battle going (laughs) on. Well, well, Gene Siskel, that was Gene Siskel, one of his many comments
4: about, he's like, so you, you had the big climax, you killed the main enemy, and then there's still 20 minutes
5: of fighting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They have like the epic, yeah, the epic giant battle. And it's like, yeah. what? This is, it's still going on. Like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, do they
3: need two? Like, why aren't they there in the first time? And like, why do you need to spend 15 minutes of like Mark Singer doing like his, his move, his sword move, like on top of of rocks and stuff? <laughs> you you know? Know?
2: got money back, yo.
3: He yes. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. Those, oh, man.
2: The ladies were not looking. It weren't, it wasn't the ladies looking at him.
3: <laughs> okay. no, Alright. Really. All Alright, so this uh season we're coming up with all sorts of new stuff, Lorena, including a bit that we're gonna call the scene deep dive. So, out of the movie, we're gonna take one scene and we're gonna pull it all apart, put it under a microscope, and we're gonna oh. go over each sort of uh, whatever we have to go through it in it and this one i picked was that that uh pool scene when dar comes upon poor kiri uh bathing in frigid <laughs> ice cold waters <laughs> all right um okay something oh, i had something pretty witty that i forgot to read but uh we'll just continue on all right <laughs>
4: I'm going to read it because uh, I read it to Lisa. I thought it was very witty. So, Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, here it goes. Once a show, we are going to painstakingly overthink one scene from the movie. And for this episode, we're going back to the scene where our hero, Dar, quote, unquote, meets Kiri. It's something that we can call 80s charming. But nowadays, maybe it's assault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, Maybe.
3: Yeah. Um, so I, as I said before... Um, I didn't. Re- I didn't see the beginning of this part. I didn't see the unedited part. I only saw the edited part. Did you guys also just saw it on cable? Did you even like? I was. I knew I was in love with Tanya Roberts. You know, when I was a little boy, but I didn't realize how much I would have been in love with her.
2: <laughs>
3: <You know. laughs> you, oh, man. there was
2: yeah. a another titty scene before that. During,
3: yeah, I did. Yeah, there's all sorts of stuff that I just didn't experience. And I feel like my life could have gone somewhere. I could have went to Harvard (laughs) if I had, like, (laughs) but no.
2: I mean, it was during Uh, the destruction of the village, you know, um, all the horses and stuff and then little shirt ripping and then your dog.
3: Yep. Hmm. Well, let's go back to the scene. Okay, so before the scene, let's kind of, um, before we get into the scene, Um, Dar finds, frees, and befriends his painted black tiger, Um, Rue. And as we said before, the black is not the tiger's natural color, even though in this world there's plenty of black tigers around. (laughs) Um, Okay, so Dar, he's obviously still grieving from losing his village. Uh, He comes upon Tanya Roberts and, and David Carradine's girlfriend getting naked and swimming in the pool. He watches intently with his ferret, Lorena have we crossed a, a line yet
2: he is peeping okay done i mean yeah he's from yeah he's peeping okay
3: so, he, so is, is it like one foot over the line like
2: um you know back i think like in watching that like maybe it was romantic back then like oh we've There's just a lot of stuff that I've seen that I used to watch that was really romantic and really sweet is now, like, stalker. Um, It's rape, um, molestation. That's a peeping Tom right there.
3: But if you have your ferrets with you, is it still?
2: You have accomplices. (laughs) You you know what those are called? Um, Those are called um, lures. Oh
3: yeah, lures. Hey. And so he depl- he deploys his lures, the lure Kiri out of the pool, where she gets out and uh we see more of Tanya Roberts. Um way more. And interest an interesting side note, to promote the Beastmaster, the producers had her do a Playboy shoot, which I didn't know. Oh um, yeah. Lorena, is this still how many how many steps over the line have we gone? Is this still like when you send your ferrets to steal
2: Steal her clothes. (laughs) (laughs) Steal her clothes. Hey, yeah. Um, Where she's going to have to be trapped by me, with me, with her boobs out. That, yeah. Um, But, like, how many lines are we going to have to cross? I mean, there's only one line, right? I mean, like.
3: Well, there's today's line and there's an 80s line. Are we close to the 80s line?
2: Nowhere near the 80s line. (laughs) I don't even think there was a line. There was no line in the 80s there was a line in the g-string in the hot from afar, far from hot witch Mm -hmm. (laughs) that line
3: alright so the tiger jumps out and Kiri's scared Dar comes to the rescue and so Toby do you have the clip for Dar's uh
1: Is fierce. (laughs) But if we should fear, we might escape.
0: Show them who's in command.
2: Oh God! <laughs> so I'm
4: listening. That I'm going. Is that like what clips? Are, what what audio is the tiger and which is the Dar's breath <laughs> <laughs> into her neck?
2: Oh my. oh my God! Where were the mics? That was all boom, right?
3: <laughs> oh yeah, something. Yeah, because he was like he was like his mouth was like inside of Tanya Roberts' ear. You know. <laughs> How would, Lorena, how would you describe this rescuing technique?
2: Um, ambush. I think it's, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's like the old bait and switch. What is it? It's, a, it's definitely a gang, right? It's kind of like Oliver Twist, where you got mm-hmm. the pimp, you know, Mark Singer or Dar, and then you got his little minions doing the old act and following his lead, and that's how he comes and gets her. So yeah, a little play acting.
3: And so um, Rue gets bored. and probably goes off to eat the blonde save grill that we never see again. And uh, Dara gets gives a definitely a smug look and starts full court press. Oh wow! And this is this is kind of like when I was like, oh, before I was like, I'm going to give Dara a pass. <laughs> like, what's you know, it's like all good. But this is starts where it's kind of like. I don't know, Dar. You're kind of like... Is it, are we know. close? Yeah, I guess that's true. I do know. It's like you shouldn't do that, Dar. Is this... Is this getting close to the '80s line, Lorena?
2: No, absolutely not. This is what you did. You're wearing a loincloth and you take your woman. That's what you do.
3: Oh man! Um, but then Kiri does a reversal and tosses him to the ground and asks Dar who he is, and Dar says, "You owe me your
0: life." But I'll accept this as payment.
1: Who are you? I'm
0: Dar. I'm no threat to you.
4: Do you
5: think that's true? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's <like> it's, <laughs> no, he is for sure a threat. <laughs> well, even Reddit the, the manner
4: in which he uh, saves her there—like this is like this is a like if you this is a rape scene. It is <laughs> like, yeah, like you know,
2: it, it is just, assault. It's, it yeah. is, but she is a slave girl. That's true. She was, they beat her like a beast. Hence, know. And, beast uh, master. Yeah, and,
3: th- <laughs> and then it kind of gets bummed out as they realize what is going on in their life is terrible and they just and everything and the vibe was gone whatever like really kind of crazy wrong vibe that was going on yeah like he's like i'm a you know she's like i'm a slave and he's like
2: everyone i know is
3: dead yeah
2: (laughs) never mind that forced kiss so never
3: yeah i mean that was definitely one of the things that i was yeah did not age that well at all poor and like I wish Star didn't do that. He could have just been like, "Hey guys, what's going on?"
2: Hi. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um.
3: Oh well. And scene. <laughs> uh. So Lorena, does this qualify as a meat cute moment? Oh what? <laughs> In the eighties, an eighties meat cute.
2: Meat cute. Yeah. What is that? I've never heard of it. Yeah. It's like a rom com. You know? like, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, sorry about see, that. I didn't yeah. do the rom coms. But, no, it is not. Um, I think it was trying to be. The language really cracks me up. You know, like that little, um, what is that? Is that wit? What's he doing there? That little snippy, like, quips, uh, you're going to owe me a life. Like, it's yeah yeah and i it,
3: released a tiger on you and <laughs> i told him to go away and now you owe me your life That's, yeah
2: and then i really care about you because i see your scars where they whip you like a beast yeah. i'm Ugh. cracking up over that um me cute uh no i'm being <laughs> you know what it is i think that that 1982. comes
3: 1982. <laughs>
2: When it comes back, when you see her at the temple, and then you're like, ah, circles are starting to connect.
3: (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Let's get into our big contest of the episode. Toby has a 1982 music hits contest. That's right.
4: Um (laughs) <laughs> this is more more of a, a an overview of the, the music scene in that era than uh, a contest. But uh, uh, I just wanted I do have one trivia bit for you. First, I'm going to just say hey, 1982 great year for music. Mm-hmm. Um, we we got I of the Tiger, oh, um, yeah. Jack and Diane, Hurt So Good. So like two John Cougar Mellencamp songs in there. Um, 8675309 uh, just a great yeah just a great list um sweet dreams is on there um but i I, uh, the, I so the first question is what what was number 1 that year without looking 1982
2: out of all of those or like there's... No no it okay. wasn't
4: one of the ones i mentioned
2: 82 was it a michael jackson
4: nope oh. uh i think uh, lorena you should get this that's your clue
2: why is it cuz it's Duran Duran? No. No,
5: because no, it's no. related to Greece.
2: <gasps> Shut up.
5: Was it from the Greece 2 soundtrack? No,
2: it had to have been the Greece 1. Physical, physical. Oh. Oh. Physical. The yeah, oh yeah. and The Olivia Newton-John. That's right. Well, she wasn't in Greece 2, but yeah. <laughs> I remember <Right>. that.
4: Um <laughs> So number 3 was I Love Rock and Roll by Joan Jett.
1: I love rock and roll.
2: which
4: which uh, musical artist um, did a rendition of that song in 1983 um who is still a relevant Musical artist today.
5: Weird Al? No, That's right. There's no. just I mean, one flavor good enough for me. Yeah, everything's weird, me. Al- don't yeah. give me no crummy <laughs> tastespoon. I know
1: what I need, baby. I love Rocky Road. So, won't you go and buy half a gallon, baby? I love oh my God. Rocky Road. So, have another triple scope with me. Um,
4: and so the the final thing I wanted to share was uh, so physical. Olivia Newton John was number one that year, and number seventy five was Gloria. And I was going oh through God. these songs, and I realized Gloria is the exact same song.
1: <laughs>
4: the Casio
3: keyboard just had like had the Masa nova beat. Here is Olivia.
2: It's a little slower. Yeah. It's a little you know, Can you I don't have to kill
3: everything. Thing. Um I'm gonna tell a story a little bit about Jack and Diane. Um so I was told one time that in my family that John Cougar Mellencamp stole that uh, song from my uncle. And I don't know if this is true or not. What? But yeah, yeah, we do have a blood feud against John Cougar and Mellencamp. The Camp Because either somebody got drunk and lied to me, and I believed it, or we made it up ourselves <laughs> and decided to believe it as a family. So, little family rumor. Huh? Yeah,
4: exactly. you know, so. my brother is convinced that Queens of the Stone Age stole their hit from him. Oh really? What? Which. He- I <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. got, <laughs> yeah, and I believe him
3: if he believes me.
2: <laughs> I think Oprah Winfrey stole my life. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
3: oh, awesome. thank you so much, Toby, for that review of 1982 music. All right, let's get into some burning questions that we had from this movie, and I am going to start it off. So here's the thing I got to uh, kind of bring up. I don't know if this is what we want to talk about with Kiri and Dar, but are they cousins?
2: Oh, exactly. They are. They are cousins. However, are we in a parallel or are we doing time? Are we in time? Is this a, this was way back then or is this a parallel universe? Because way back then, cousins could marry each other. Like in the
3: Beastmaster way back then, like if we were in Beastmaster nowadays, we couldn't.
2: Well, if he went to L.A. in one of the sequels, then no.
5: Oh yeah, right. So in the original one, I can't remember what now what the opening crawl said, but I thought it was like in a like a, a far back time. Like I thought it was like. Ancient times in Mm -hmm. the first one. Mm -hmm. But in the sequel, the what they've kind of retcon that because it's supposed to be at the same time as we are, but just in a parallel universe.
2: Right, right, right. (laughs) But
5: that's in the second one, so it doesn't matter in the first one. But
2: I mean there's a lot of loose things going (laughs) on there.
3: Sounds like you're dar like trying to explain why it's not wrong.
2: (laughs) Right, yeah. I mean either way, I
5: don't think it's right.
2: (laughs) Either you're so but then, you know, they were distant, they didn't know each other. You
5: know, right. but
4: well, so bad. here's yeah, IMDB. Uh, Dar is the long lost son of Zed, the king. Yep. Um, after they rescue King Zed, now old and blind, Kiri calls him uncle. If Zed is Kiri's uncle and Dar is his long lost son, that means Kiri is
5: Dar's cousin,
2: correct? Yeah, yeah, it's in the math, it's <laughs> in, all
5: about in, numbers. in the sequel. In the sequel to Wingshauser is his long-lost brother. So I guess there's a whole family element that they keep uh, Mm -hmm. trying to circle back on.
2: The royals, they did it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Hitler, his cousin, Floyd.
3: Einstein. And they just went with it, man. They're just like, it doesn't matter. I think it is one of those things they didn't realize what they did until <laughs> after, like they made the movie. You know, like,
5: it's like the Luke and Leia thing for Star Wars. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Yeah.
3: Uh, and another thing that I really liked about, about the Beastmaster were the names because they're all super simple. We got Dar, Kiri, Tal, Seth, Seth. Mayax, Zed. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's only one character with five letters in his name. Who was it?
2: Uh...
5: We already talked about him before. Oh, it's the... Oh, do you want to take no, a guess? I think ahead. I know it. I think it's, it's the guy who sneaks him in, right? Sacco or something? Yeah, like?
3: Sacco. He's the only one that had five letters
2: in his <laughs> name. Buddy.
5: The rest I'm... of them were all like the three
3: like the three um, letter air, airport codes you know like
5: and it makes it so hard i mean for me I, like i have a hard, i have a hard time with names but like in this movie yeah. i'm like wait who is what? like the names is like are so they they're all three letters it's like it's so confusing to me it doesn't matter
3: <laughs> um, okay and then so another thing i, I wanted to uh, ask is about the clothing in the beastmaster what clothing do you think is yeah do you think it's practical like <laughs> And, and why do the uh, the bad guys have shirts?
2: Why like, do they have the pants? They have... Yeah,
3: and, and is those, that why they're
5: fighting? Like and those like awesome like Mad Max like bat mask helmet <laughs> things and stuff.
2: <gasps> oh, totally, <laughs> those are cool. Uh huh. I'm gonna bring that back now that we're in the COVID. <laughs> but I'm gonna have it on the bottom half. So, so uh,
5: supposedly, uh, when. Uh, Mark Singer and John Alcott like or, or John Amos uh, met on set for the first time in their outfits. They like burst into laughter <laughs> because of how ridiculous they look. Yeah. It took them like a half an hour to get their composure to start filming.
2: <laughs> Cause you're in your underwear. You're basically yeah. back at five years old, right before it's time to go to bed and you're under Rose <laughs> trying to get a quick game of, you know, battle of the sorts
3: leaving nothing to the imagination you know that's just but you know during that time if you could pull it off you might as well try to pull it off you know
2: uh yeah i mean even the dad that saved him it was just like i just remember thinking how old he was back then when i was watching it and now seeing it going god he was pretty buff with an old face just like the witches (laughs)
3: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, speaking of the witches, one of the witches was uh, Janet Jones, which is Wayne Gretzky's future wife.
2: Oh. Yeah. yeah. Is that one a cute those? me? <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's how, uh, I, I wonder when they met if that's what he knew her from. Like, oh, are you from the Beastmaster? Hey. I recognize those legs. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's not like, just like, all yeah. the way up.
3: Hmm. Um, uh, maybe this is for Toby or Tim. Like, can you describe what religion they were following exactly? Like, what is going on with that whole thing?
2: <laughs> Why Toby or Tim? Okay, <laughs> or Lorena? Um, I mean, no. I, go ahead. I
3: have no idea.
2: Whatever the um, A- oh, go ahead.
3: Lorena, go ahead. Why don't you? The sun. They follow?
2: It was whatever the Aztecs worshipped. The sun. It sounds like,
3: I don't know how he kept everyone under his thrall because it didn't, doesn't look like it was that fun of a religion.
5: And it wasn't very successful after like 20 years. A lot of child murders. So yeah. You'd have the public turn against you there.
2: Mm, no, they, yeah, well, they kind of <laughs> just de- dealt.
5: I mean, the Aztecs doesn't make sense because that was the. I mean the pyramid and everything. Like they were, they were originally trying to shoot it in Mexico, I guess, and yeah. they scouted a bunch of locations in Mexico that they were going to film in. And then the production funds from Mexico fell through, so they had to move it back to the U.S. And oh. I guess they had written it to be on the like Mayan or Aztec or or whatever, like some pyramids that they had found. I'm, I guess I'm not sure. Uh, so they built that pyramid. They built that set. Oh my uh, god! Some sketches that they did. They built it out in the desert, but. They when they built it, they didn't think about the practicality of it, and I guess when you got on it, the steps were only like six yeah. inches or less. So like they were struggling to get up it, and the only person who could like really go up and down it was Mark Singer because for some reason he was like agile enough. He like was able to run up and <laughs> down Everybody else like tumbled down it like multiple times, and people kept, like every time they tried to walk up, they would fall off of it.
2: Uh, and and <laughs> they had to carry a like screaming and kicking kit. Yeah, I was, it was just crazy. like, oh, this must sword have... fight on it, right? Twinkle you can kind of
3: tell, like on some of those angles, like the angle looked like it's like a sheer cliff, and everyone's yeah. like clinging to it, like for dear life. Yeah,
2: <laughs> only the ferrets made it all the way up and down without anything yeah. happening.
3: <laughs> um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh And with the religion, like Mayax is saying, they have to do a lot of drastic stuff, but they're not really like why they have to do it. Like it's like, like R wants your children. And he's like, "You guys, hang yourselves," you know. Like,
4: I'm I'm fine with the lack of explanation on this one. You're right.
3: I guess we (laughs) didn't need this to be longer.
4: And then (laughs) coming up with 30 minutes backstory on Mayax.
2: I don't see. I mean, to me, it's like a lot of other religions. I don't know.
4: Well, except they do the green ooze that they pour into the people's ears um, oh weird, to make like, those oh my
2: god yeah. those things were like oh i was so afraid of Death
5: those. squads the people under the stairs the <laughs> best heads yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because like i know a lot of people like remember like the like they uh, when they were kids they remember what like you were saying like people remember like the nudity for but for whatever like i didn't remember that even though i watched it on hbo but my main memories were those bat creature things oh like, yeah the, people, the and eagle those, people like, the, yeah and then the, the the like the transforming into like the glowing eyed like monsters like the the horror elements is totally what stuck in my brain for what I remember in this movie. Right, yeah, I definitely remember
3: that there that one scene. Th- those eagle people are only in there twice yeah. for you know just like we need to meet them because they're going to end up killing everybody at the end. <laughs> yeah. at the end. So yeah. we have to <laughs> set everybody. them up. Yeah, but I, yeah. know you're right. I definitely remember
5: that the bones falling out, yeah, pooping the bones, the slime was like burned into memory.
2: Yeah. <laughs> And just that, like clink, 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 clink of bones. Totally. Yeah, bag of bones. <laughs> yeah.
3: Um, we already talked about a bunch about the witches. Learning that, did we have anything else to say about them?
2: I no. I just was like, uh, no. I I thought I was amazed by it.
5: Just. <laughs> just it. Oh, the Macbeth <laughs> witches. Yeah. Hot
2: bodies, ugly faces, and how do you become one?
3: <laughs> and then, like climbing on the on the, the ceiling, like the baby and transponding or something. <laughs> yeah, you
2: know? yeah, totally. And just like those laughs. Oh, <laughs> right. And then whenever she went and um, got the baby out of the tummy and put it in the cow, mm-hmm. like I remember watching. I didn't, oh, yeah. I didn't get all like I saw it as a child, but I didn't quite get the transform. Like I didn't. It didn't make any sense. Like I just remember she was going to kill the baby, but never thought, oh, she, she put it in the in the cow, blah blah blah, whatever.
5: But yeah, that didn't register with me as a kid either. Like I didn't understand what that. And then yeah. when I watched it again, I'm like, oh, weird, right? Yeah. Weird choice. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: And then you know, I guess I didn't realize how. Um, bad, some of the action choreography was oh, like, oh, no? like no, not back then. Back then, I thought it was awesome. This Mark Singer, just like right, right, <laughs> but there, like especially when um, Dar's adoptive father comes upon that witch, like that whole thing. That guy was obviously not a trained fighter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no,
2: no, and just like that, the what the little um, what was that thing that he threw speaking in uh,
3: world, it was started with k right yeah. Carback or something like that i don't know like yeah.
2: yeah it was like a fidget spinner but yeah. sharp right stop during your tracks
5: the that ending battle sequence all the action stuff i guess like or at least and like a lot of the stuff with the horses i guess they hired a bunch like the like the the go-to stunt guys from that were in like all the like these classic westerns and like the guy they hired um the stunt coordinator guys i like, think like steve bam he's like one of the top like horse like stunt people and he brought like everybody his entire team so when they showed up everybody's kind of stepped back and they're like we're just gonna run this stuff and you guys just film it like so like <laughs> that so like that makes sense like some of that <laughs> stuff was actually pretty well done for like for the like this you know whatever cheap budget on other aspects like they did a lot of crazy stunts but like there's so many shots where i'm like i don't know how those people are alive like i don't know how like those horses didn't get burned like it was pretty horrifying
3: right oh speaking of alive i guess um they wouldn't let the little boy that played tal be in the same like area as like the tigers or something or like something like they had the keep them physically separated <laughs> like, <laughs> but they're just like mark singer keep on going <laughs> is that in the
2: contract
3: <laughs> uh they're just like we just we can we can lose a canadian
5: but an american boy is not <laughs> we
2: can't lose a kid
5: it's, the kid yeah yeah i mean i mean the child laws at that point weren't even that as strict as they are now i mean like they were pretty loose with even with kids back then i think oh yeah because like i think it wasn't till twilight zone the accident of twilight zone that's changed all those rules Oh right! Um, was what like was crazy. that accident? Uh, there's the um, the helicopter Vic crash. Yeah, there's a helicopter crashed while they're filming, and Vic Mara was carrying two children, and they all got killed.
2: Mm-hmm. Was it part of um, the filming? It was, of it, was the,
5: of the fil- it was part of the. It was part of the film. It was part of like the Vietnam scene the in. Si- I yeah. it, was, it was in uh, um, John Landis' sequence. So he was he was actually brought to court, and uh, a lot of the production was brought to oh. to trial uh, for negligence. Um, it, it, it's wow the footage exists and i've seen it unfortunately and it's one of those things i wish i would never have seen cuz it's horrifying like it's, it's not yeah. in
2: the movie
5: no they didn't use it no thankfully but it yeah
2: tasteful
5: oh god it's yeah it's one of those one of those like huge accidents that changed how productions could run and like safety measures were like there was a lot of safety measures that didn't exist before that movie so i was surprised that they were as conscious in this movie with the kid because there was a lot of stuff especially since they were being so fast and loose with like the animals uh, I'm surprised that they 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 were that thoughtful about the kid.
2: <laughs> I'm surprised it took that long because that was yeah. in the eighties, and I'm just thinking about little rascals. I'm thinking about <laughs> like all of these other, you know, just weird kid situations where you, yeah, that it didn't look like it was the safest thing for the kids. So, right. it I guess it takes a death
5: yeah unfortunately yeah. <laughs> two wow but, let's but, get into something but, a little bit more lighthearted what uh, one, one of the crazy things in, in movies is that like the the rule for everybody like the kind of like go-to rule is that like if you make a movie if you want it to go on budget and on time is you don't use animals or kids and for some reason they did both <laughs> in <this movie>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not just one animal like a bunch of animals i know like i got <laughs>
3: um speaking of animals um so do you think the ferrets were breeding in Dar's pot, pouch as he was walking the whole around? The
2: time! <laughs> For sure. The whole
5: time. I mean, you said they had, what, 20, 30 ferrets, right? So I mean, that's, yeah. probably, that's probably how they got all those.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're so just walking around, and they're just like...
2: Rrr, rrr, oh my you know, gosh. Like, uh, the fatherless <laughs> babies? Uh,
3: and, <laughs> and then we should also probably mention that the Beastmaster the movie is way different than the book. I didn't even know there was a Beastmaster book, but I guess the original Beastmaster book was like a science fiction about like uh, genetically modified uh, animals that were with this like Navajo um, Native American um, trainer or something like that. And they're just (laughs) like, we like the beast thing. Can yeah. we have him wear less
5: clothing? It's I, I mean, I guess, like, Coscarelli was a fan. It's like a series of books or something. And, like, Coscarelli was a fan of that writer in those books, but he loved the title. And I guess so he, like, based it off of that. But I think when they were writing it, they're like, well, this is what we wanted that to be. So let's just write it to be what we wanted it to be. Which, And then they completely went off the rails with it. Cause yeah, it the author was not a fan.
2: It was uh, <laughs> We'll see, because, like, it's in the flavor of the Conan, right? And was was yeah. Masters of the Universe out at the same time?
5: No, that m- totally after, the right? movie didn't come till later. But in the, the cartoon, I was around this time, but it was afterwards. I was trying to figure out because like Coscarelli had said that he's a big he was a big fan of those like Hercules, like yeah. Italian yeah, like yeah, movies yeah. as a kid and like Sinbad. So like Sword and Sandal had was hugely popular like back in the day. But there was a huge resurgence in the eighties, and it seems like it starts around 81, 82, and like Conan's the same year. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I can't figure out what the tipping point was. What brought it back? Like, was it was it like Hercules in New York with Schwarzenegger, or like, or was it like I mean, like was it Clash of the Titans? That was eighty-one. That yeah. was early up. That was pretty huge. So I, that's the only thing I can think of is that it was cl- maybe Clash of the Titans. But I, I guess but that I don't know. was
2: like in production probably in 79, 78, right? If it was out right. by – so, yeah, I know what you mean. Like I was thinking about um, – wait, I want to go back to sword and, so, sword and Sandal. Yeah. What does that mean? Is I that, mean, that a that's genre?
5: That's the general genre that people refer to, like all of those like Hercules and ah. Conan and all that stuff. It's like like you have yeah, people in loincloths running around in the desert with a sword. That, I mean <laughs> Oh my god, sword
2: and sandal. Yeah. Sword and scale. Totally different.
5: <laughs> but there was I mean, there was something that created that like Zeitgeist. I guess also Dungeons and Dragons was probably right. getting a, a fever pitch at that point. Right. Yeah, sure. and I think
2: like there was a lot of the Excalibur business going on. To me, that was like a lot of fantasy, oh.
5: like sorcery. And but I think like there's like the sword and the sorcerer. There's Excalibur, but I think most of those movies are like '83, '84. Like, oh, they're yeah? a little bit after this. So they're Dragon Slayer. That's like kind of in there too. And you're like, we're I mean, we're, we're talking about Crawl. Like mm-hmm. that that's later, of sort of yeah. 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 So like, I don't know. I don't know exactly what i'm i guess maybe it was just dungeons and dragons just being popular in the
2: her that's what it was
3: (laughs) (laughs) like do you think maybe like they they could do like um special effects just good enough to make some of this stuff like you could pull off
5: yeah but they they were doing it before i mean the special effects i mean you have ray harryhausen and all that kind of stuff like from back in the day. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's interesting though, because this is like right at the cusp of like the breaking out of so it's, it's funny that Beastmaster of all the movies was like ahead of the curve a little bit. Right. <laughs> oh, well, man.
2: isn't he Italian?
5: Who? Cascarelli? Uh,
2: Cascarelli, like from Italy mm-hmm. Italian. No, he native. was born
5: in, like, Africa, I think, but he was he grew up in L.A. He was raised, like, just outside oh. of L.A. So he's, like, yeah, he's he's an American, basically.
2: Oh, I don't know why that mattered. I was, <laughs> it I mattered was, in
5: the 80s. I mean, Mike. the Phantasm movies do feel very, in, uh, like, Italian horror, like, influenced. So, like, I could see that, like, you could see that he definitely draws a lot from Italian, especially considering that he grew up with all of those Italian Hercules movies and stuff. Yeah. So. That yeah. would make sense, but you no, know, he wasn't.
2: Yeah, I was going to tie it back to the um, the Western spaghetti Westerns, but never
5: mm. mind.
3: Well, let's go over um, at the end. Um, are some of our favorite parts of Beastmaster, Toby?
4: I actually, as I'm watching it, like I love the the parts where they like take themselves really seriously. I really like 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 when the kid gets shot by an arrow at the end, like. Why? <laughs> but, yeah. Okay. Uh, like their whole plan is like we're gonna have this one guy run at the John Howard with a <laughs> and, and you really have to kind of read between the lines to even understand what he's doing because they weren't like hey go throw the flame in the fire it's just like he like starts running like, for fire you know, like, <laughs>
3: uh, how about you Tim.
5: Uh, I love those bat creature things. It's yeah. such a weird design, and they're so effectively strange. Like that was definitely like a standout thing, and like, I was like, "Oh man, I forgot about those." Like that's totally like what I remember of this movie, but I'd forgotten until I saw it on screen. Then was like, "Oh, this, they're so interesting and weird." I don't yeah. know where that came from.
3: And then just having like a like a hawk friend or eagle friend gets you a whole lot of uh, stuff. You know, it gets yeah. you a lot of favors, like
2: benefits. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so
3: always have an eagle nearby. Was like, ha 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 ha. I, I, one of the things I definitely, one of the things I liked when I was a kid, and this isn't going to be about Tom Roberts again, but like I just remember how they, um, they had like the vision, you know, like the yeah. eagle vision. Oh and, yeah, eagle vision. And now I realize they probably did a lot of that because they're like this hot, this eagle's not doing anything. That
5: yeah. we, <laughs> we got to cut away to something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i also Excuse forgot until we were watching it that how much awkward moment like silent moments there are of uh-huh. just like mark singer looking at the animals awkwardly and like there's like just all these facial expressions <laughs> of just staring at each other it's yeah. so weird it's like wow this is going on for so long why is this happening <laughs>
3: uh, it's Definitely mark singer's moment during this time because after this i i, I forgot that he was at v remember the, right. yeah he was uh, like a lead uh character in v mm-hmm which I I remember I remember being I being scared out
5: of my out of my gourd by V by that, that whole miniseries
3: like the weird
5: that. scene in that where like they rip off the flesh and you see the scales underneath and then when the yeah. lady like eats the guinea pig or whatever it is oh was yeah. like, burned into my memory like it's like it was never, so creepy yeah
2: never saw that <laughs> never
5: no well, and
2: Zaring was, was in that wasn't he Zeeling eating you know the
4: 90210,
2: 90210 ugly. Mm-hmm. Ugly guy.
4: <laughs> ah. <laughs> <laughs> He's ugly, but great
3: body. Great body. <laughs> <Yeah>. eh. <laughs> How about you, Lorena? What's your favorite part of the Beastmaster?
2: Um, I, I, I just liked all the goofs, um, but you know where things didn't make sense or hammy extras. Um, uh, the when he did the hawk noise or the eagle noise <laughs> was. I can't even, like, I think he did it twice. But, like, it was, it just It took me back to when I was locked outdoors and left to play in the dirt and the dust. (laughs) Did you make a lot
5: of hawks now? You had
2: to pretend like you were (laughs) friends with the animals and cutting up grass, (laughs) like you're making potions, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So And then I can speak, because when was Lady Hawk? Was that around that
5: mid eighties, I think.
2: Um, anyway, so yeah, I mean it's like the, the whole animal you know, talking to the animals and having like that kind of special bond with animals was just <laughs> And the what I did like too was being scared by the 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 bondage guys with the green eyes. Mm-hmm. That was pretty good
1: all
3: right and so last season season one we ranked the movies on how we liked them, and this season we're going to we uh, we're going to kind of change this a little. We're not going to rank them against each other. We're going to rank the heroes and the villains of the Beastmaster. So there's three categories, Lorena,
1: mm-hmm. for
3: the for the hero uh, category. One is beefiness. Ugh. Um, category two is charisma. Category three is hair, like how great his hair is, because. And all these they have all these kind of qualities, and for villains um we're ranking competency <laughs> uh, organizational skills, and his clothing attire <laughs> all right, so we're gonna start off with dar um so we're gonna start off with beefiness lorena we, on a rank on a rating uh ranking of one to five I don't know what uh these uh like. Measurement units should be called Sorbos after Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> How many Sorbos?
2: I don't even know who that is.
3: From uh, Hercules. Um,
2: oh, Hercules. okay. Anyways. the Yeah. Okay, go ahead.
3: Okay. Uh, so one to five beefiness.
2: Oh, my God. It's technically, you know, I, he's considered a hunk. You know, am I looking at that going huh, hubba hubba? I'm not. You know what I am looking at? Ha I want that flat stomach. I want I want to achieve the flatness and that major artery to be pumped <laughs> out. That's I want to look that good in my loincloth. So I mean, is so, it ugly? No. Is it a hunk? Sure. Am I attractive No.
3: <laughs> well, we're not talking about total attractiveness, just his beefiness <laughs> on a scale of one to five. What do you think?
2: um beef he's yeah i mean he's a he's pretty beefy especially from the aerial shots
5: <laughs> well he's that's a true test of beefiness is yeah. aerial shots swinging <laughs> of
2: sword oh my god and then when he would squat like he was a caveman those quads
3: Lorena, I need a number from you I said I can't f- just put w- five <laughs>
2: a shine a shiny quad and a <laughs> okay,
3: <four. laughs> two pick okay
2: yeah four let's <laughs>
4: okay. get four not everyone can be perfect <laughs> okay all right to- all right uh toby uh i'm gonna i'm gonna give him a uh he gets a five for beefiness a one for charisma and i'll I'll give him a two for a hair okay that's great
3: and then um Lorena, we should probably. Made, uh, we'll come back to the charisma and hair on you. Yeah, yeah. How about Tim? What you got?
5: Uh, I would say beefiness would probably be four. Uh, what was it? Charisma is one. It, he's so creepy. Um, <laughs> it's <a little> creepy. <laughs> that scene alone is just like you, yeah. Uh, and then uh, hair, eh, I'll give him like a th- three, right in the middle. <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. Yeah, I, I think for me, I'm going to give him a. F- yeah, he he
3: definitely came through with a five for beefiness for me. <laughs> um, Charisma, yeah, I think we gotta give him a one. He's he's just um just doesn't really have it. And hair, I mean, you know that was a pretty good mullet, <laughs> but not. But this is the eighties. He could he could have done better. Yeah, he and John, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and John uh, Amos definitely had the better hair. So mm-hmm. I'm just gonna give him a two right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so that means. Uh, for all of us, uh, that gives. Uh, we all basically agree that um, Mark Singer, Esdar, has an average score of two point six seven, and so now it's up to Lorena, Charisma.
2: Um, he. I'm going to give him a three because he he did well with the animals. Um, That's true. And the beasts, um, <laughs> and. I mean, he had to have had some because he won her over eventually. I guess that's how rape works. You just gotta keep going <laughs> yes.
3: until but, they until they put the uh, two and two together by the cousin thing. Like it might be <laughs> weird at the family reunion. Well, he kept like, going.
2: No one. I don't. Yeah. We were the only ones that paused. Yes, that's true. Um, totally different. And then uh, hair. No way. There was like at some point. It, no, it was the eighties. There's so much. Better
3: out there. You could have done better. <laughs> Way better. <laughs> so, what do you think in terms of uh, how many sorrows?
2: Oh, right. Um, so, right. So, hair a one, charisma okay
3: a three. All right. Hey, that means a, a total score of two point six seven for Dar. All right. Let's go to Mayax first. Uh, Mayax's competency. What do you think, Lorena?
2: <laughs> As being evil. <laughs>
3: yeah Um, just general
2: okay so competently i mean no uh he he didn't get the job done no (laughs) one
3: One, okay (laughs) um toby what do you think Uh, competency
4: i think he was uh well because he knew at the beginning that he was going to be killed by this guy like from the first scene like highly incompetent but I would say his organizational skills are top-notch he had that ring that yeah I was say the ring, getting you know kept giving everything away and um, so highly competent I'm gonna give him a one on, or- on comp- uh, competency a five on organizational and then a one on clothes
5: yeah, those clothes weren't that great and he had those braids that were weird yes. all right how about you Tim uh, yeah clothes would be like uh, yeah probably a one and then uh, what was it organizational I, I agree I think I think give him like a four that ring definitely uh, helped him out a lot I mean I'll, even though that wasn't really necessarily his doing it sort of accidentally came into into play uh, but then and then competency not that competent uh, I'd say yeah like a one <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah I think I'm gonna have to give him a one for
3: competency because he didn't even realize that I um, the witch that got sent out with
5: Dar was killed, yeah. and he didn't realize maybe something was up. Yeah, um, he seemed like he was. Yeah, he was always kind of behind behind the the game. Like and everybody, everybody else knew more than him.
3: Yeah, It's like, should I throw in another? Should we kill somebody or something? Should we say? Should we sacrifice the arm? That's all he had. <laughs> uh, organization. I'm going to go with four because he did have his people in line a little bit. They were ready to hang themselves in a moment's notice, and um. I'm going to give clothing a two. I'm giving him an extra point because Rip uh, really just kind of came really just feeling the character and whatever else he was on at the time um, with the nose thing. So I'm going to give an extra point for the nose. <laughs> uh, Lorena, what do you think about the organization?
2: Uh, you're right. I, I think he's a five on organization. Well, no, four. Just because he can give a look and everyone knew what to do. At least those two monks knew what to do um and clothing eh, it was three it was average your average All sword right. and sandal i'm using that now
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh and that gives us an average of 2.33 for Mayax. x we'll see how they uh kind of uh Uh, shoot i totally blanked right there i'll have to edit this part out for sure (laughs) Um, (laughs) we'll see how they rank against other heroes and villains during the rest of the season and that brings us to the end of the show um thank you so much you guys uh i had a really great time getting back into the swing of things i had a lot of fun talking about the Beastmaster. i'm sorry that i talked about that scene uh, with Darren <laughs> Carry, that was the one I decided to get into. It's
5: the, it's the standout scene. Yeah, it's yeah.
3: Like, oh boy. Yeah, it's, it's definitely oh boy. I was like, Tim, don't leave, don't leave us. Like, we can do better than this. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Uh, r- real quick, a little note I forgot to mention was that uh, John Alcott is the cinematographer on this, and he's he was a Stanley Kubrick's guy. So he ah. shot uh, Clockwork Orange and Barry Lyndon, uh-huh. and they hired uh-huh. him because of Barry Lyndon because he could like basically they knew he could film with very low light, um, so they could do all that cave stuff and nighttime uh-huh. stuff. So uh-huh. Kind of, it looked pretty good for I mean yeah. for what they were doing, but yeah, it was crazy that I was like, what? is that the same guy? I was like, oh yeah, it is. The guy who did Clockwork Orange and Barry Linden made or shot Beastmaster. (laughs) Wow.
3: (laughs) Oh. So here we are at the end. Toby, Tim, Lorena. Mm -hmm. So good to have you guys on here. And thank you, listeners, for listening to the Aging Hipster movie show. The show was written by Bob Serrano, Toby Crimes, and Tim Holly. Produced and edited by Bob Serrano. The theme song was written by Kid Mental. Please check us out online. Join our Facebook group or go to www.theagyhipsternetwork.com. Tô rindo,